everybody, welcome to another action-packed, adrenaline junkie-fueled edition of Cult Following. Podcast brought to you by the fine folks who bring you cult classics AZ every month. Your favorite films on the big screen in Tempe, Arizona. I'm one of your three hosts for this special edition, Victor Marino, alongside Kirby Nelson. And our engineer and hero, Adam Rakowski. To save the day. Now on this special edition, we are going to be talking about video game films. Films based on home console and arcade entertainment. They've been around since the 80s. They permeate our entertainment landscape today. And we're going to talk about what our favorites are, what are some we might not care so much for, in lieu of our screening this weekend of The Last Starfighter, Saturday, August 22nd, 9.30 p.m. Tickets at Zia Records and ColdClassicsAZ.com. Half our tickets are gone, so don't delay. And we also have a special guest for this edition, our friend Joshua T. Ruth. Greetings, Starfighter. And Adam is going to take over for a little bit and let us know a bit about our friend here. <laughs> so, Josh. Yes, sir. You are a self-proclaimed proud geek. Definitely. Artist. Yeah. Music junkie. Oh, boy. Pop culture scholar. <laughs> and lover of colors. Guilty. On all accounts. Definitely. Tall order. Especially the colors part. So I, Colors or colored? Uh, is it? Uh, no. I'm just making sure, brother. No, color. Uh, <laughs> I, I love both equally. I love all equally, especially colors. You know, so I was doing a little research on you. Because, yes, sir. you know, we have like a, you know, the listening audience would like to know, well, who is Joshua? <laughs> yes, indeed. The first one on my list, because I think, you know, I brought it up separately and my wife brought it up separately. Joshua. Yes, sir. The name. Yes, sir. Do you also accept Josh? Yeah, I accept it. I mean, people call it, uh, people say Josh, whether I like it or not. Uh, but I, Josh is the master card of names. Yeah, accepted. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I I've accepted pers- Joshua. I prefer Joshua. I don't know. It's just Josh. It just kind of feels like it falls flat. You know, I think Joshua is such a cool lyrical name. Hmm. And it was only, I don't know, I was like kind of an adult when I realized, you know, actually, I kind of like Joshua better. And I started to like kind of stand up for myself and say, no, I prefer Joshua. But, okay. you know, people still call me Josh. So fair enough. Now I know. Now I don't have to question. I don't have to bite my tongue. Indeed. If, um, But the nice thing about between Josh and Joshua, if I look at you in the eyes and I say, Josh, oh, uh, you know, at least I can like expand it as opposed right. to, you know, kind of backpedaling if you didn't like Joshua. I, I have friends that have all kinds of, uh, you know, derivations thereof as well. Um, a new one that uh, people call me is schwa. You know, they like that one. Oh. Just call me schwa, which is uh, pretty cute. I like that better than Josh. Uh, you have been, I, I guess I've known you from the, uh, mostly from the cult classics yeah. experience just coming down there, but you are also, uh, a good part of like Comic-Con panels, sure. which I wasn't even aware, you know, that I got to know like, you know, later on because right. you were at the Phoenix Comic-Con yeah, and yeah. you were sitting in on a few 
Do you yeah. have any stories about that? Uh, well, quick? you know, I don't know. I did uh, I did the Phoenix Ultimate Geek Smackdown uh, this year for the first time, which was definitely fun. This is my first time. I yeah, never that was even, funny. Yeah, I'd never even actually seen it before. Um, so it was it was kind of a whole experience of not even knowing what the format was, um, and then just being thrown in. And both nights, I got picked first, mm-hmm. uh, which was awesome. So, so what exactly is the Phoenix Ultimate Geek Smackdown, uh, for it, those who might not know? Yeah, I guess um, it's, it's a geek debate, is really kind of what it is. Um, and they come up with different subjects, uh, such as who would make a better cook, Batman or Superman. And you have two people have to argue their points no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Some of the questions, uh, I don't know if there's a, a winning answer, <laughs> you know, right. on some of the losing sides of those. But, um, but well, yeah, but no, it was based totally on, cool. like, audience reaction. Yeah, it's, it's based on it, audience so. reaction. And it was totally fun. I'll, I'll probably totally do it again next time. And I would say that you and Steve got got ripped off. Yeah. Well, Definitely. You know, I mean, bottom line is, is I got, uh, you know, I, somebody, you know, said what, my question, the one I lost on, was who would make a better road trip companion. Um, Groot or Hodor, and I had to argue for Hodor, <laughs> and it's like we obviously yeah. know the answer is Groot, you know? right? So, um, oh yeah, he can. You made I'm a valiant a effort, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I guess out of any any other thing that I would uh, mention is that you are not um, a, a stranger to podcasting. I'm not. No, no. Actually, I had a, a podcast for a while with a, a couple of fan, fine gentlemen. It was called Geek Laser, mm-hmm. uh, which was largely a video game focused podcast. Uh, but we also uh, did a lot about movies and comic books. We had a guests on every single week from different kind of areas of geekery. Had somebody who was a really big vinyl toy collector, for example. Uh, we had, you know people that uh you know were video game designers um mm-hmm. things like that you know people that that make their own there's this whole crazy movement of people that make their own nintendo cartridges of mm-hmm. things that never came out um so yeah so it was, it was pretty cool it was a great experience yeah and i've listened to a few of those and i i, I thought that the repertoire between um you know you and the and the rest of the uh, host was really good yeah yeah thanks um, it was awesome it was a fun time so yeah that's that's joshua in, in, in kind of a, a nutshell Uh, I was almost going to do that whole Austin Powers quote about being in a nutshell. Ah. I'm glad I didn't, but I wanted to tell you all my secret shame. You know, even before we get into the the, the guts of everything, I have to point out a couple things, Mm -hmm. which which falls on this date. Okay. Okay, so it's the 18th today that we're recording this. Yes. Well, this is episode 18. No way. Yeah. What is it We're legal. It's like blowing everyone's (laughs) mind, right? Uh, hour. Oh wait, no. it's that's twenty one. And this is a video game themed podcast, right? Today mm-hmm. episode in nineteen ninety five, August eighteenth was a premiere date of anyone know Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Kombat. All right, well, seriously, yeah, that I do remember. Wow, yeah, I this blocked out the shame. <laughs> Get over here! Get over here! Oh, my word. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, for the most part, maybe we should just... Uh, Adam, bring in the Today Show yeah. tidbits bow, bow. like nobody's yeah. business. I know. We're going to jump right into that right now. Although, I guess... Uh, oh, yeah, just you want to do a wrap-up? Is- well, no, just on the issue of time sensitivity, I guess, uh, you know, if you check out uh, Cult Classics, az.com right now, uh, assuming this is posted today. Oh, yeah, it'll be tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should check out ColdClassicsAZ.com if you like uh, horror movies, because, you know, uh, Sinister 2 comes out this weekend, and we are promoting tomorrow a free screening of Sinister, 
at Harkins AZ Mills at 7. And there nice. are free tickets right now on ColdClassicsAZ.com. I like Arizona Mills. Yes. Yeah, especially the IMAX. Yeah, the yeah. IMAX yeah. is the only true IMAX in yep. this state. Mm-hmm. Don't be fooled by the mini IMAX. <laughs> That's where I'll be seeing Star Wars. When you keep climbing up, that's when you know you're in the real deal. (laughs) I was fooled by the mini IMAX when the Dark Knight came out. They're like, oh, yeah, you got IMAX tickets. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Where do you guys like to sit for IMAX? Uh, I usually like to sit not quite the middle, but sort of, you know, almost a third of the way up. Right. I feel like that one gets you the most immersed. Totally. Because I like to just feel like i'm sort of like a fly on there agreed i'm the same way unless it's 3d in which case i prefer the back row yeah you know just because you get that little bit better of a viewing angle but yeah definitely further back the better with IMAX. yeah i just i generally it's same thing with uh especially like cine capri you gotta plan a little too right yeah so it's like but with the i'm i'm just always a a middle center and stuff i'll mm-hmm. sit there i'll walk up and down the rows think usually hopefully before anybody's he in who there walks behind the rows. <laughs> he who walks you're like a little puppy <laughs> no I, I, to be fair i feel like the cynical oh, has cute. lost its luster with me it's yeah it makes me really sad i just went there for the first time in probably two years uh, just because i i don't like going there because it's like i don't know you know what i think of every time i go to Seneca capri i think about a tree museum you know i think about mm-hmm. in the future there are all these tree museums like in that song and that's what it is with Seneca Pre. It's like they took the gold curtains and transplanted them to this other place and then they make them close and mm-hmm. then reopen mm-hmm. because they still have to show their advertisements and everything. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but at the same time, there's really, I mean, I, I was blessed and growing up. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and in Seattle. We had the UA 150, which was a United Artists Theater. And um, it, I mean, showed films 35 millimeter 70 millimeter original prints right and the curtains were so heavy it took a volkswagen bug motor to open them that's literally what was behind <laughs> right, it right. so you could hear that thing buzzing when they opened but you know it was just it was and it was majestic like yeah. balcony seating um the first i saw a lot of films there but the best thing i ever saw is a um halloween double feature of the exorcist and the shining oh wow. but i mean i got to see creature from the black lagoon it came from outer space um uh alien aliens so many films i could go on day of the triffids i saw so much stuff there over the years uh and it was amazing but i mean you know the you can argue a financial viability and stuff and that like made a place like alamo draft house coming soon a few other places right. try to capture that but i don't i really don't think it can be done ever again i mean that you see some movies and stuff. I mean, even yeah, stuff. Yeah, not economically. Yeah, yeah, I always think of like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Um, uh, like even like Last Action Hero and stuff. Like that's what it looked like. I mean, it right. was just so uh, regal. Not as in the well, chain, but in the quality. Well, I grew up in California. And I like it's, it's almost unfair because I feel like especially when I was in college, I went to UCLA. And that's like right in Westwood Village which is where they have every movie, big movie theater they used to premiere movies. So there was like five or there were five or six giant old school movie palaces within like across the street from each other, like a few blocks from campus. Like, you know, I would always go to the Man Bruin Theater to like watch watch movies. And across from that was the uh, Man Fox Westwood Village. And that's where like they would premiere all the big movies. And that's it's like if you go inside, it's like the Orpheum. 
Right, right. And the man brewing is like the same way, like ornate giant curtains, like the 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 one at the Man Fox Westwood Village, like that thing, like seats like two or three thousand people. Right. So when a Star Wars The Phantom Menace came out, there was like a, a giant line around the block. I remember I went on campus like, awesome. oh man, well I want to watch this movie. Do I have to wait in line? They're like, oh no, they're just they're just in line for that the line experience. You can walk right <laughs> in. Oh, no. oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I just I don't think a multiplex can ever like match that gotten that's like pre like instagram you know whatever kind of weird bucket list online culture now where people are like oh wait in line guys right. just amazing well, i mean to be no fair, i mean i'm totally yeah. being serious yeah. like that's oh, literally I'm looking the way forward it is to now. seeing all the star wars line selfies in a few yeah, exactly. months that's what i mean oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. at the same time i can totally understand that because you know that like i'm basically the point i was trying to make is that experience is like gone to history you know you don't i mean all the theaters i go to you can reserve seating online you never have to wait yeah, that's so right. nice right. you know and Buy i guess kind of what we do is sort of recapturing that anyway well agreed and i i do think that there's a possibility of that coming back i mean there, uh, there being a revival for that i mean look at the vinyl revival look at the, yeah. the coming ar- arcade revival that that we're in the midst of right now you know that i think that that nostalgia does make people want to bring those things back and that's one of the biggest things i miss is that Seneca pre experience you mm-hmm. know having that beautiful huge movie house and having that be the thing that mm-hmm. was the place the closest thing you have is the imax now you know because that's obviously the place that's where we're going to want to see star wars when it yeah. comes out obviously you know but it's that we played board games and we had you know lawn chairs and you just had this whole thing it was almost like i imagine how probably in the 60s going to the the car hop was you know and things like that so it's like it was this great huge outdoor communal experience yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's, i just would have rather them not had the Seneca capri than to take the Seneca capri screen and put it in like like this kind of terrible looking theater yeah yeah it just it doesn't seem as fancy especially with like actual imax around and like yeah it's weird to me because i mean not to like harp on harkins too much but i remember when i first started going to cine capri like you know however many years ago the harkins one because i'm not from arizona is uh they would have someone who actually would come out and tell you this is the largest screen in arizona blasting whatever channels of and they don't even do that anymore or if they do they do it infrequently You know? Have you seen it when they do the whole thing where it's like they show this the screen, uh, like the the speakers behind the screen and everything? Mm-hmm. Like they'll actually show all of the different speakers mm-hmm. and they'll light them up and say, "There's sound coming from here and here," and then they'll even show the one that's behind the screen. No, they hardly ever do. Yeah, that, no. Well, I, I think there's also like things that just change too. I mean, I remember being in high school. And there was like a segment, I mean, of largely like Star Wars fans and stuff, but it was definitely like, you know, people so obsessed with THX and the idea of it. And I mean, these are kids who didn't even own laser disc players at right. the time, which mm-hmm. was the ultimate in cinema, home oh, yeah. cinema experience at the time. And it's just kind of like, I, I think people have, I mean, you know, now in the audio video file world, you know, you've got so many, so much competition, so much of what people think, but I mean... I, I think it's more than it can it has to be more than that and that's kind of like what you're touching on but it's you know even I was thinking you know it's not the perfect theater but I will say the most beautiful one I've been to recently well over the last five years is I've been going out to the um, HP Lovecraft Film Fest in oh, San the Pedro Warner Grand the Warner Grand Theater is awesome. absolutely stunning and the people who work there are some of the nicest folks 
and keep you know just uh, diehard preservationists and i just absolutely love that theater um seen so many um great you know obviously five years of lovecraft screens i've been there almost every year and um if you're out that way if you're out in la i mean like victor was saying i mean probably the ultimate place to grow up unless you had you grew up on 42nd street between late 70s and early 80s and all the grind houses at least for uh that was a multi that's a multi-dimensional experience but i i do think southern california i mean i just went to the new beverly this last year it was the first time i've ever been i've been to the arrow uh egyptian a few others but even that, you know, it's like a very interesting theater, but I really enjoyed that because they made it fun. It's like you were talking about the introductions and right. just all the atmosphere makes it enjoyable. I, I will say like the Arrow and the Egyptian theaters, like the outside is what makes them cool. I mean, the inside, they've been all retrofit because they have so many Academy screenings, screenings there. I went to the Arrow Theater once when the editor's guild was doing a screening of terminator 2 judgment day and they actually had the nice. editor of the film there uh i think his i forget what his name is right now but he also directed the dolph Lundgren punisher movie and oh, i saw him wow. do a screening of that at the new beverly but all the questions like it was like literally the most technical q a i've ever been to in my <laughs> life literally like, oh do you still cut uh you know by real if you have a chance i i started using avid and it just isn't the same and I'm like literally <laughs> right. everything was like a hardcore editing Inside question baseball. Mm-hmm. yeah you know but editors I, do it better <laughs> <laughs> exactly editors i mean cut it right editors i know do and it i remember better. i went to i went to the uh, egyptian theater in la which is like a really it's weird because it's right on hollywood boulevard and if you walk by it by the front gate it's not anything but you walk in it's like a courtyard it looks like an egyptian like temple from the outside with hieroglyphics and everything it's like really crazy it's amazing yeah but the inside is like a totally modern theater and i remember i went there to see a, a double feature of a house and goke body snatcher from hell because they had been doing retro screenings and i guess this was the last one and the guy who hosting them just went off and said repertory screening is dead none of you people here appreciate it and like they what? finally came out and they like <laughs> escorted him off the yeah, stage we're like, well we're here to watch it right. why are you like yeah, it, burning I, us yeah, alive yeah. it was very very strange but if you're by the egyptian too just a plug make sure you go to uh the museum of death the best museum possibly in the united states i absolutely love it every chance i'm in southern california if you're into true crime history of serial killers and stuff it's it's spectacular yeah I, not, not very triple a supported there but <laughs> definitely check it out it but rolls. still present your card because you will get it yeah discount. you probably will actually yeah well i guess now that we've gone a little bit sure on our opening tangent about uh film palaces well, does our guest <laughs> want to talk first here of our usual rundown of what we've been enjoying well, this I week think, oh, i right. think we were gonna no, we're gonna hold off on that let's get oh we are yeah oh okay yes yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna go right, sure. right into the meat Sweet. of the matter, the virtual eight-bit viscera of <laughs> video game films. And uh, I mean, I could say, I mean, the last Starfighter was actually the very first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Oh, that's oh, a good wow. thing to start with. What's yeah. everyone's like first video game movie experience in a theater? Yes, you want to say? Yeah, that ever. No, that was your first, first film. You yeah, ever first saw. film I ever saw in a movie wow. theater. 
that I can, oh the, the period that was yeah, that was what, like yeah. very oh okay yeah. all right yeah so I mean on that level I I have a soft, so that has like a dual yeah I have a very answer. like soft spot towards that movie just on a that lot of basis. people do right you know can it, like and it's weird because like I don't remember I mean I I think my dad told me we did see I think Jedi in a theater but I have like no memory of it whatsoever but right. I very clearly remember seeing the beta unit scene on a movie yeah, theater yeah, yeah. which was like oh my god does that actually happen to people you know and i don't even know if i saw it in the theater and yeah. i don't i don't remember i don't think i did mm-hmm. yeah. but i don't know why i didn't see it in the theater it was definitely a vhs classic if i can ever say like a one of the most rented films in our household because my brother was obsessed with it i was younger uh, but i um because yeah i mean it was i was definitely younger but i remember watching it with him but it was one that uh was frequently rented because it was just um I mean, at the time, it was a limited selection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that one was... It definitely got life, second life on uh, HBO, yeah, like on well, and I all that. And, and I don't know if it was, you know, a limited engagement or if it just didn't do well in the box office. I don't know what... Not like how many screens it was on when it was released. You were in California at that time, yeah. right, Victor? Um, in Minnesota, I remember clearly there would be stuff like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It would only play for like a weekend in one theater. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't like a big, big, right, huge right. movie, it's they didn't really pay too much attention to it. It didn't really make its way up into the upper Midwest most of the time. So, I mean, that might have been a factor of it. Uh, there may be something in the trailer that might have scared me and said, uh, I don't know if I want to sit in a dark theater and see that. Right. Well, I think and it might have been like the lizard face. At that you know, point, too, thing. I think you were still talking like people were still taking films. Mm-hmm. region to region theater to theater but i mean the big thing was that vhs i mean probably till the mid 80s almost delays but definitely to the mid 80s or when last starfire came out they were still doing um you know it was pre-dollar theater years was like second run but you could show a film this like you were saying limited engagement so it might not have been the original release date but i mean a film could play for at least a full year I remember having to wait for films on VHS for like a good year, oh, yeah. almost yeah. every time. I remember yeah. it used to be a year till movies came yeah. out on home video, and then if you wanted to buy it, it was like you know ninety dollars. Yeah. Ninety dollars, yeah. yeah. Except for those ones, you know, which are the ones that we all became obsessed with, like uh, Batman or mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant. Yeah, Ninja all Turtles. the huge, huge titles. Of yeah, like thing. around the late eighties, once like they realized, you know, there was like a market for that. Because I very clearly remember, like in the late eighties or nineties, there were certain movies like you could go to McDonald's and they would sell VHS right, movies, right. but it was like just certain yeah. ones. Yeah, that's why. The, uh, that's why I own TBK Club ones. That, yeah, like yeah. Ninja yeah. Turtle, Burger <laughs> yeah. King Club. Yeah. 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 No, the first one I was think of is that. Yeah, that's how I ended up owning Moss on the Hudson because that was the only one we didn't have because the rest was like Indiana Jones and there was a couple other ones but then they had like the bargain bin in Moscow on the Hudson and we just watched the opening scene and turned it off right yeah, Last Starfighter was a huge one for me as a kid. Like, I watched it all the time um, on VHS. And, like, it was especially big for me because, like, I lived in a trailer park. Oh. And I loved video games, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I would always play my Nintendo and everything. So, it was like, that's me, you know? One day somebody's going to come and take me up to space. Yeah. You know? I'm still waiting. Um, but, you know, no, love that movie. It's it's it, absolutely one of my favorites. But, well, you know, I think that's one of the things that movie really did right. It got that beat at the end where, uh, you know, we've gone through Alex's journey and everything. Right 
and then his little brother yeah, goes to start totally playing. Because yeah. you're totally like, that's supposed to be you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a very smart move. But yeah, everything about that movie. I mean, the, the music and I don't know. There's just like the the scene where Alex is like leaning back in his chair and and you know, kind of rotating around, and the wind blows, and he's looking at his mobile of like all the planets, and mm-hmm. it's got this you know just this wondrous music playing and you just it has that whole feeling of wonder so yeah it's great i think that's you know as far as uh you know kind of the subject of video game movies that it falls into the category of and i think this is probably one of the best categories of movies that have to do with video games yeah not necessarily yeah, movies inspired by based on video well games. yeah no it's very smart like a lot of, in a lot of ways the last starfighter i it's probably like i don't know but i'm sure nick castle is very like influenced by seeing like star wars clearly sure, sure. because it's the it's just that same kind of the hero's, heroes journey Journey. plot but instead of him being on Tatooine he's like in a trailer park but it's the same kind of thing where he's like the desert yeah he's like destined for greater things Harry Potter yeah exactly it's classic and that's that that works and I think a lot of people don't understand that that's kind of like a timeless plot that's always going to do well if you surround it with good actors and a compelling because who doesn't want to have somebody come and rescue them and take them to a magical experience right and that's one of the things I kind of feel like a lot of people who are like doing movies now just like kind of don't understand it's yeah. like no we have to make everything like grim and gritty right. you know and even when they do like do that for like um satire's sake like uh that uh power rangers short film that, that was mm-hmm. awesome yeah but he did it straight up to show this is what happens when you make everything right. like dark and right. gritty and, and i think that was kind of a comment that yes exactly yeah, yeah for sure mm-hmm. well it's like and here you got uh what was it I mean, can even anything be said but completely tanked for the new Fantastic Four movie? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that are out of the director's hands. Studio interference, again, failed Doctor Doom. How you can... Yeah, Fuck Doctor Doom up is beyond me. I but still didn't think that movie was as bad as people. No, were no, no. no but I'm, sure, I'm just talking I about the dark sure comment. Both liked it. I just the I dark like comment. I just didn't think it was like the worst movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can are, save that for another yeah. conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Let's yeah, keep sure. on track. No, as I was far just talking about how movies. the dark thing is, but the same thing. A big part of, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think why people have a big nostalgia for the '80s and stuff like that is, you know, you're talking about that. I mean, in Star Wars as a benchmark and there's plenty of other titles but i mean that that fantasy world that science fiction world there were things i mean just uh zentari's car and you know yeah. i mean like him just i mean a lot of, like what really in retrospect you look back it's very cheap special effects it's very you know e- easy things they probably didn't take them forever to do but it's just you know or um whatever when the um you know they're doing the um you know holograms you know sure. like the bat it's very simple i mean i've always thought just little touches like that um you know really good costume design really interesting character and creature design mm-hmm. um it's you know it's simple but it is this whole thing but the thing i i've always liked about the last starfire even when i was a kid was that you know you talk about that hero's journey and stuff he totally rejects it and it's like i'm going like screw this like mm-hmm. and comes back because he realizes 
that it's more than just you know not only about him and stuff but i mean you know if he's really gonna be the hero you know and i'm gonna save the world i mean i've won this game i can win it for real kind of thing well it's i like, think that's one- a deeper level than i mean i think a lot of their video game movies except for a couple that i'll probably mention as well, well. i think we'll one of the about. smart things they did uh with that is they didn't actually i mean alex realizes he's being drafted based on the plot of the game but it isn't until much later in the movie that he realizes the controls for the Gunstar are right. the exact controls for the video game. Yeah, totally. I thought that was like one of those things like if this had been like any other like more recent movie, they would have like, yeah, it's this is it right away. And it's like by revealing that later, it gives him that extra boost of confidence. Agreed. Yeah. You know, but you know, it, it just to put it in perspective since we're kind of trying to tie this into um more modern things as a juxtaposition i mean um i i saw pixels i mean if i compare pixels to the last starfighter the thing that's different is alien invasion of video game characters is treated extremely blase in that movie yeah versus like in the last starfighter when the gun star lands and greg come that whole thing is just played up like whoa this this is a monster and they're from outer space you know it's like you need to have like a sense of wonder i think Mm and if you're gonna make something like that work and it's like i think part of the reason that like uh pixels got slammed so heavily in reviews is just like you're thrown into like this crazy situation that could have been played in so many different ways and it's kind of like well all the cool things that we should like linger on and have some like more connection to are just kind of like glossed over really yeah. quickly yeah no i agree well and that's i mean the whole thing with like last starfires you're you have more questions you want to know about um you know the mythology behind it you want to know about what started this war what's happening like the the codan armada you you want to know all these different things and in pixels it's just like and and, uh, like me we talked about this on one of the previous podcasts i didn't hate pixels or anything but i do i did feel it was very thin you know and it's okay because it's a popcorn kind of movie but and, and i mean you can put in a lot to like last starfire but you can even talk about yeah a lot of um movies based now on games as opposed to inspired by or have video games as a central portion is is that gaming now is so um you know immersive and just immense whereas back in the day i mean you know you on in the atari coleco early arcade years you really had to use your imagination because you're talking about like vector graphics and like very simple stuff. So, you know, I mean, and people knew that. I mean, you know, I mean, it started with Pong. Yeah. I mean, if you could have a more like not necessarily imagined it, but I mean, I think that, you know, that's, you know, part of what makes, you know, like a Last Starfire work or some other films. Well, is I, that I, yeah, I you gotta I, have that. I also think part of the reason that Starfighter works and why I think the better video game movies work are the movies are about the experience of being a gamer or having it influence you versus just movies that are just rehashing a video game. Like, right. the, like to me, I can tell you, like, 
the one movie that I watched a lot as a kid and I'm like, man, I wish this could happen to me was like The Wizard. Sure. You know, yeah. and, and that not, not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. But for a kid, right. it's like a good movie. You know, California. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a road movie based on a video game. There's like oh, the well, human I, connection. Yeah, no, I, I wanted Cloak and Dagger. Oh yeah, Cloak right. and yeah. Dagger. That's the one too. that I wanted. That movie made of. me so. Yeah, it was until your until your buddy ends up in the trunk dead next. <laughs> no, no, man. I, and then you're like, oh no, when wait, Jack when it. when Jack Flack <laughs> was like dying or because he stopped believing in him, that was so sad. So sad yeah there were a lot of good ones i mean before they actually started making movies based on games mm-hmm. you know and i guess it's because like you know come on and they, i guess in the 80s you're not going to do pac-man the movie i mean sure you do the yeah. animated series but you had uh you know you had tron obviously mm-hmm. is the big one you know which is of course fantastic but it, it's not based on a game it's just taking kind of the idea of games yeah and turning it into an awesome movie mm-hmm. you know? and that was that was the first one that i saw in a yeah. theater Awesome. But I mean, centered you know around a video game that it just became its own right, entity. Right. Uh, the 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 very first video game movie was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yes. Completely. Yes. Based on a- which, just surprising, just doing research on this stuff that 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 and i've heard that before but i've never believed it i can kind of like i I can kind of believe it just because before that they had had the super mario brothers super show which was like a uh, a tv show that was like on the fox kids network that had captain lou albano Mm -hmm. uh the wrestling manager is mario and that was on for like years yeah well and then they had cap uh captain and the game master yeah and so I mean, like they basically the thought you know mario is like the proven property well you're talking about the the ultimate breakthrough i mean it was gonna be that or zelda and zelda was too expensive but because zelda wasn't even nearly the level yeah, of mario. yeah, yeah. Mario, mario was even, mario yeah. was the icon yeah. in the late of, 80s mario was it you yeah know, they were Kong so crazy of, uh, yeah you know mario and so or you know a lot or donkey Kong. I said King right, Kong, right, right. Yeah. 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 referencing the famous uh, lawsuit there. Right, right. But I just remember when um, I remember I was I had seen trailer or commercials for Super Mario Brothers, and I was excited. And I actually recently watched. Uh, I'm a um, always enjoy like I enjoy a lot of video game like review shows on YouTube and podcasts and stuff. And one of the you know probably the biggest is Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh sure. And James Rolfe recently totally deconstructed and reviewed Super Mario Brothers. And you know he actually saw it in the theater. I never did. He went did. out of the theater oh, yeah, so fast. But he talks about it, he goes oh yeah it was a couple weeks before jurassic park yeah so it was one week I, before jurassic I wonder why park. i never cared about it like yeah i saw i picked watching that movie over watching jurassic park because i think I was, you mentioned that yeah yeah wow. you know because yeah that and last action hero were all out at the same time right and i saw both action of those Heroes. over jurassic park <laughs> yeah i mean i just i mean you know limited choices for movie theaters and going back to that where we started i mean a movie could only be i mean some would last for months but i mean if it didn't succeed instantly or whatever i mean there was a few films it's funny we had our box office bombs i remember trying to go see cutthroat island and it like was gone (laughs) in like two weeks maybe Mm -hmm. that's still Mm -hmm. probably why i go see movies the day they come out you know like i I pretty much always do i see it on a thursday or friday because you know for you never know Well, now you really yeah i mean now you only got wait a couple months probably to vod or whatever but back then man it was a wait to see something yeah but you know what do you what do you think have been like the big box office draws i mean not only from like video game enthusiasts but like the general public Right. What do you mean in terms like of- made like the most money, stayed in the theater the longest? Oh, I would probably think something like Wreck It Ralph. 
Well, that's yeah. a real video game. Yeah. But I mean, are you talking about an adaptation? No, I know uh, Prince of Persia, I'm pretty positive, is oh, the most right. successful yeah. one of all time. Yeah, so let me just kind of like, you know, yeah. fine tune it. Not uh, inspired by video games, but actually based on a video game. So Wreck It Ralph wouldn't count. Yeah, so because that does well, have. I know, you know, I know Capcom has said Street Fighter was like printing money for them, even though right. like it's such right. a bad movie, it didn't cost them that much to me. Well, that one I remember and seeing. on DVD, they've made. I'm like, saying, I'm it. saying yeah. first Prince, run. I'm not Prince, saying second Prince, life Prince, with Prince DVD. of Persia. I know is in the top. Uh, Resident Evil. I mean, oh, I know yeah. combined Resident has made Evil. like. Sure Mortal Kombat. Mortal was Kombat. A Be careful, one person at a time, please. One person okay. at a time. Probably Resident <laughs> Evil. It all just kind of mashes up in my brain. <laughs> no, yeah, because there's it's it's there's Core. like how many? There's like seven Resident Evil. Silent movies. Hill, I believe, was one. Silent of Hill is one of my favorite. Okay, that's so great. let's go around the room. Kirby, what's your choice? Are you talking about the top number here? one? I think number one is Prince of Persia, okay. based on worldwide gross, but I can't remember for sure. Victor? I am going to say probably Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Oh, going way back. That was right after Double Dragon came out. Okay, and we're not talking Joshua? about what is the best, but what made the well, most money. What made the, the most money at the box office during its its initial theatrical release? Well, I'd probably say Prince of Persia, uh, just because of advertising budget alone. I think, and Jake Gyllenhaal. I think people probably Disney went. To okay, so then, yeah. so then, let me ask a follow up. How many of you saw Prince of Persia in the theater? I, I did. did. I didn't. I've never even seen it. I saw yeah, it at a free screening, to be honest, though. Okay, so that doesn't really count, yeah. sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I never saw it either. I mean, maybe Tomb Raider. Oh, you know, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider great. got a sequel, uh, yeah. and Prince of Persia I saw didn't. Tomb Raider the original in the theater. did great, yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, the winner is Prince of Persia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Its initial box office run is $335 million. Yeah. Wow. Is what it what it made right uh Which, but it was also a disney movie yeah, yeah i was gonna say that i do remember but you know what i just i had no interest in seeing it was it was it like jake gyllenhaal just brought in yeah people? yeah i didn't think it was awful i mean i think i think what disney wanted to do with john carter is what they did with prince of persia right where it's like oh there we like this idea so we're buying in the game yeah, just yeah, so yeah. we're but i think it made- also appealed to people who like like the mummy and stuff like that yeah, those kind of very movies. much like that yeah yeah wasn't it also Steven Summers? Maybe I'm making that up. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, can't I just remember there was such a controversy. I just remember. Over the I just remember. Yeah, like Ben oh, yeah. Kingsley was doing the yellow villain. Of course, is, isn't right. that what Ben Kingsley does? Yeah, now? He's, ba- yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's basically playing the Mandarin in that one again. Right. And um, Gemma, and was in- Gemma Atherton is playing the Persian princess, and she's English as hell. So, uh, the Laura Croft series was the second the yeah. first one yeah. made over 230 million um then we have the resident evil ones i i really i really like the series i really didn't like the first one mostly because of the cgi stuff mm-hmm. but it's like it's made so much money as yeah. more of it come out that's why they like even like them. the last <laughs> one yeah no and that's and I, they're done after this next one i guess so. i mean retribution they say that after every single no one, but i guess though. he said mila Jolovich and paul W was W S Anderson have said because they're married and he has said he they're done it's it's over right. after this last one it's still making money I think a lot of it too has to do with overseas and mm-hmm. the ease of being able to um, dub subtitle you know you really don't have to know I mean the last two are so mindless I, I don't even know I mean I think after Extinction they pretty much gave up 
actually making anything like really sensical or retribution was so terrible i yeah, can't even remember i, I mean so bad. extinction which the one is retribution the one with the girl at the end she has the chest it's like where they're in like up. the kind or of like the it, virtual reality oh yeah the virtual reality yeah. domes with yeah, the clones yeah. Yeah. and then they just have the yeah. the mila joviches on yeah. racks oh, so bad <laughs> well, and they have they had uh, michelle rodriguez came back oh yeah well, well yeah, my biggest issue with that whole movie is she they gave her the deaf daughter as the audience surrogate sidekick right, right. and then they have like racks of the deaf daughter i'm like so did they just make this one deaf as like you know this is this this one's thing we're gonna right. make you or like they they're just manufacturing deaf children right that's what had me going on that whole thing it was just easier to put that up than the yeah. one in the wheelchair we're going on Oh my oh gosh! gosh. I, okay. I, I was gonna say the one, but no. I mean that sounds like a, a pretty good list. It actually right? happens. That girl is a death. So, anyways, moving on. <laughs> we'll just go um, to like top five. All right. Yeah. No. I, uh, but I was just. I, I just wanted to go a little bit more or worse. I, I know um, UV Bowl is probably at the yeah, bottom there. Yeah, oh my god! Alone in the Bowl. dark and uh, Blood Rain. Bing Kingsley was. I watched too. Blood <laughs> Rain three the other day to to, to, uh, to beef uh, up a bit for this, and I got like an hour. The king. I got an hour now. into it, and I'm like, Michael Pere is a German uh, vampire, uh, and Clint, Clint Howard was his little sidekick, and he's like, we will use this blood to make the Fiora live forever. And then Michael prays like, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's like New York, a German. Well, what, what can you say with casting? But in the name of the King is probably his top because yeah. you got Come on. Ray Liotta as an evil wizard, Matthew Lillard as a sidekick uh, of the, the son or whatever. What's her name is in it. Um, Lily Sobieski. Yeah. That was one of her last yeah, yeah. films. I actually saw in the theater and, uh, I mean, how can you deny Jason Statham as the peasant farmer, and then um, Burt Reynolds as the king? Yeah. What else do you need? I mean, well, f- yeah. full disclosure, I did work on the marketing for that movie, so. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't. I, I here's the thing. Everything you just said there, Kirby. Like, I want to say, like, gosh, this movie should have been amazing, but it wasn't. It wasn't no, amazing. No, it was not. The amazing. thing is about Uwe Boll is he manages to make bad movies that aren't so bad they're good. You know, and I think that's the consistently incredible thing about him. He has finally made a good movie. Rampage. I, Rampage. I heard and that. the sequel are both excellent. Thanks mostly to Brandon Fletcher. Right. His performances in both are absolutely incredible. The first one. I, I loved it's one of my favorite movies the last few years right. but I was like how can I like this and not even a funny but Postal was probably the hardest one to get through oh, for me oh yeah that was that was difficult junk. yeah yeah even Blood Tara Reed no. Alone in the Dark wasn't Blood that Blood Rain 1 is just as hard to sit through like with uh Christina Christana Chris, Loken and Michelle Rodriguez so I guess that's the movie they hooked up on yeah that right. I did here mm-hmm. um I did like uh, Resident Evil, the uh, degeneration, the CGI full movie. Oh, yeah. That uh-huh. one was actually an excellent story and really good voice acting. I yeah. just wish that I'd been able to make a film. But I love the first two Resident Evil films, yeah. especially Apocalypse. I, I think really it's just, the first it's just so much fun. Yeah. I consider I, it the Blade Two of that franchise. I still always wonder what would have been because... Uh, 
if I remember right, George Romero directed a Japanese Resident Evil commercial, mm-hmm. and Capcom had told him he was like that was his in. He was going to direct the Resident Evil movie, and then I guess that's when Paul W. Sanderson and Sony came in and pitched like, no, 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 we have this idea and we can get Mila Jovovich. And as soon as they said Mila Jovovich, Capcom was like, see ya. Yeah, well, I think with Resident Evil, I, I think maybe that was his first movie after Event Horizon. Like, I think that came before AVP. And I was really, I loved Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this dude's doing a Resident Evil movie. The only thing I don't like about that movie is it's just, it doesn't really follow the spirit of the game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, now, something I do think we should spend some time talking about, and it was briefly mentioned, is Silent Hill. Yeah. I mean, because you want to talk about video game movies done right. I mean, that one, I think anyone I know. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, is just agrees that that is the best video game. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there, it has a lot of things going for it. It was like written and directed by Roger Avery, who, uh, right. who uh, did Killing Zoe, Killing Zoe and yeah. Rules of Attraction and co-wrote Pulp Fiction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like, okay, whoa, we're actually right. stepping up the level of talent here. Yeah. You can watch Silent Hill and not know it's a video game movie. Right. Right. That's why I think it works really well. And it's still creepy every time I watch yeah. it. You get to the end and it's just, it's a yeah. bloodbath. The Joyce Carol Oates ending of like, I mean, it's it's. I brutal, never played but. that game or heard of it when I watched that movie, and I still thought it worked super well. Oh. And, you know, I mean, it, it's faithful. I yeah. mean, that's the one thing that can be said. It's very faithful, and it is visually stunning. Yeah, like absolutely. And then, of course, it had a great score. I mean, the mm-hmm. the game has like one of the best scores of all time. But it just worked great, well cast and stuff. It never felt overdone or cluttered mm. um and i just you know it's one i've come back to kind of like what i was saying where it's yeah. like wow this is really still pretty unnerving one of the things i like about that movie a lot actually is it sort of reminds me of uh like the beyond where it's kind of like mm. it's kind of mm-hmm. like this purgatory sort of place like the purgatory you see at the end of the beyond which i i guess people say is like Lucio Fulci's idea of hell if you're an atheist, which is like nothing but being aware of it. Right. You know, which is kind of freaky if you really... That's really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of like, you know, Silent Hill is just kind of like it exists at certain times. You know, that stupid air raid siren that freaks you out and then all like the burning ash moss it's like right. it's a different kind of horror than you're saying agreed and and i think that that's where movies that are based on games can really shine is when they're taking something that's kind of unique in terms of a story mm-hmm. in terms of translation you yeah know, we're talking about here and making it into a film you know something that i think would have been amazing but it never happened was gore verbinski's bioshock film mm-hmm. um i think that would have been absolutely an incredible film unfortunately it didn't happen mm-hmm. but it's like when you take take these things and try and turn it into something else like doom for example right you know it's like doom is about one guy versus a bunch of demons and if they would have made an action movie that was one guy going into hell and or mars or whatever and fighting a bunch of demons it would have been awesome just well, you know it's two a, hour long action the, the best part of that film is the first yeah, person is when they start doing the sure. first person yeah. shooter stuff yeah, of course. and speaking of first person shooters which I laughed one... so hard in the theater like <laughs> right. audibly yeah. laughing because the movie, I just couldn't believe it but then it was enjoyable yeah. but I Doom was like I mean Doom 2 especially uh, was just one of those games that completely changed my life I mean really did like I was so blown away and I don't like first person shooters generally still don't I don't but Doom 2 was just so amazing, so visual. I mean, it was, you know, was, uh, that zenith of just absolutely loving horror and metal and just everything, like, 
I just hit so hard, but you think about it, it could have been like a first blood kind of movie yeah. where it just been like, so, and you could have built it up. And even when it started, I was willing to accept kind of the way it was going, but then it just, I'm like, there's nothing here. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no pain elementals. There's no cyber demon. There's, I mean, like for real, there's, it, you don't have to make it so over the top. It mm-hmm. could have just been, I don't know, scarier. And it was just, it was so bad. God, that was well, one of the worst ones ever. I can tell you, like, just see night and day. If I if I think Silent Hill 1 is probably, like, one of the best video game adaptations, I can tell you one of the least watchable and most, like, head-shaking ones is Silent Hill 2 Revelation. I've never seen that movie. Awful. It's yeah. so so unbelievably <laughs> bad and it's like it, it's weird because it, it's bad in the way that like street fighter and mortal Kombat right. are both bad where it's like okay they could have just followed the plot of silent hill since right. it was sort of set up for a sequel instead it's like they adapt the second game and then they just keep shoving stuff in for fan service right. every few minutes so you're saying like mortal kombat annihilation you're not saying the original yeah mortal like mortal kombat Anni- annihilation where it's okay. like okay here's sector and well, here's like right. all these yeah. characters because they were in the game so they have to be in the movie right mortal you know? kombat annihilation may be the worst one yeah. ever yeah it's but bad. mortal kombat was it, it was worked i totally i, like I defend kombat. silent yeah, hill sure. revelation visually mm, i still i like, don't think so i like especially when you see heather's doppel it's literally her with black hair oh and no no, no. i didn't mean that i just like that i like some of the sequences with the and there's no the, the spider mannequin i liked a uh, lot i thought it looked too cgi well everything and that's the big problem CGI. with it like the, there that it could have done there's a sequence in me where they, they made the spider mannequin it's not in any of the games basically a mannequin and it like freezes girls and then kind of takes them apart and picks mm, what parts they want right. just the idea Parts of that sequence are like really freaky, especially when the girl's face is frozen in terror. But they linger on it too long and do like the that know, is its major failing, no doubt. It, it just looks too video gamey, you know. And then the big problem is the movie starts off with a flash forward to the end of the movie, saying you must you must return to Silent Hill, and you know <laughs> it's your destiny. And I'm like, oh god, it's one of these movies, oh, like boy. like the way the Spawn movie starts. Yeah where they tell you the whole Ouch. everything that's going to happen like every generation a spawn is born right. blah 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 and it's like oh god you're just you don't you don't, they don't trust the audience enough to yeah. learn things it's like we're dropping all this exposition on yep. you and you're just going to check the boxes as the movie well, th- goes along there's a yeah, couple yeah. points to that a number one there's people in the audience who probably have not played the game and they're trying to well, introduce that's the people thing. to it I, I, I know okay go on Num- number two is that um now that the when this kind of goes back to what we were saying before video games are so uh, immersive now and so sophisticated and sometimes even look better than like like movie oh i agree with that that um it looks you know in, in when i was doing my research there's so much stuff that's like in development hell mm-hmm. like how long have you been waiting for like a halo movie oh, yeah. uh, how many years have you been hearing that or i kind of think you know the ship anything is sailed else on that one. I yeah don't know if it's gonna happen well on right or it's and, gonna end up like the warcraft movie which is well, coming out but everyone's done wasn't already there with just it. a halo movie that came yeah. out like, i mean I, I would like to to touch upon that though since yeah. you brought it up i mean i do think that yeah a lot of people are done they do have four million still, you know, active subscribers to WoW. So I think that that's no, enough no, no. People. I meant done waiting for the movie. Oh, like right, it, yeah. it killed the momentum. Is yeah, what you're I right. meant. The zeitgeist yeah. is over, but yeah. I still think that's going to be an amazing. Oh no, movie. I still Duncan think it'll Jones. have. I think yeah. it'll still have 
um, a lot of fans. I think it'll have a lot of non-gamers, non you know, right. subscribers. I think WoW still has a lot of viability and a lot of interest. I think that gaming just obviously goes... You know, I, I'm still waiting for the the South Korean production of StarCraft, and I'm right. totally blown away. It hasn't been made yet. Right. Um, you know, because I'm pretty sure they put in any money. Um, to those who aren't aware, aren't gamers, StarCraft is you know real time strategy game. The second game, especially, is literally like probably one of the dawn of esports. Oh, yeah. When I went to Korea about eight years ago, I I always thought it was a myth. But they really do. You can turn on the TV and watch StarCraft being played, and it's just a huge part of it. Now you got, I mean, you got so many different games and so many things. I mean, you have everything from you know the the MOBA, the multi online battle arenas. You know, you, you still have all the popular FPS. I mean, obviously, you have numerous um, RPGs. People would love to see like a Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, they would love to see Earthbound. You know, there's so many games that exist it's just hard but i think you know in a lot of it it's like well will it ever get a second chance you talk about like super mario brothers being the first and it's like obviously people kept trying they were like well we're gonna we're gonna find something that's gonna work in this format um and then you see like i mentioned on our box office bombs one i was really surprised that final fantasy of spirits within was not i don't mean a box office blockbuster right. but i expected it its fan base to keep it going but that was just i think too early in its lifespan i love that movie but i i think i love that movie as a science fiction fan you know because i think it's a great just it's hard sci-fi film you know but it's not necessarily a good final fantasy film and i think a lot of the final fantasy fans kind of felt betrayed you know that what right. they wanted was advent children which of course eventually happened right but that's what they wanted they wanted cloud and sephiroth they mm-hmm. wanted people writing well, right and, and that kind of that kind of expands on what i was saying is that everything is it supposed to be a cut scene is that what people want mm-hmm. or not want do they right. want the exposition of you know the final fantasy where it's like way way early on right or or and then what's the difference between um you know the you know the super mario at the at the time was just you know like a side scroller when it first started up until the up until you know now you know i'm, well, I'm just gonna mention halo again but um people are creating their own stories now so they're yeah. they're wearing the headsets they're creating their own adventures yeah mm-hmm. and i mean do you think that people are just disinterested in seeing like certain adaptations I, I think of that like games that are more of not necessarily a sandbox but more of the multi I think they just have yet to get it completely right. They haven't you know, figured it's, it's, it out. It's it's like I, I equate it to comic book movies, and I think it's a very good you know thing to compare it to. And I definitely think the video game movies are going to be maybe not the next comic book movies, but it's going to happen where they're going to hit. There's one that's going to come out that's going to be like an X Men or maybe later a Spider Man that's going to get everybody's attention, and people are going to suddenly Hollywood's going to say, okay, make these. But the important thing is you got to put good directors. You got to put people with vision if you take a a sam raimi at the point that he was and say here's spider-man and and he loves spider-man you're going to get a great Mm spider-man movie you know but what they keep doing is giving these second tier directors Mm -hmm. these video game movies and and that's just not really what's going to make it happen you really really do do need to have somebody like a gore verbinski or you know who was going to do that or a roger avery right you know you need to have people that are committed to it that are passionate um and 
that's why I am very much looking forward to Warcraft. I've never played WoW. I'm not interested in, in MMOs, really. I, I'm a huge gamer, but MMOs is not really my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but Duncan Jones is incredible. I mean, I loved Moon. I loved uh, this source code, you know. And mm-hmm. so you give that guy a gigantic budget. I'm like, I'm totally on board. Um, also, the uh, coming up of uh, the Assassin's Creed movie. Right. Um, you know, that one I think is going to be really great with, you know, Michael Fassbender in it. Um, and that one, you know, my, Marion Cotillard is in it. And it's a. Uh, I've never seen this uh, anything by this guy, this director. And is it, I have it written down here. It's uh, Justin Kurzel, but mm. he did this Macbeth remake that looks oh yeah stunning. with uh, with Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I saw the trailer for this. I'm like, yeah, I can't this wait to is see that. Beautiful looking, and if this guy does justice to Assassin's mm. Creed like that, right? Um, Last of Us is another one that they could make an incredible. Film That's what I'm waiting yeah. the most for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that's what it is. I mean, like, I, what I was going after when I was making my initial point about silent hill versus silent hill 2 it's like they basically they use silent hill it's like oh this is a really interesting universe right i'm gonna tell a story that's set in it that uses elements right. like which is what you would do when you do an adaptation versus like silent hill part 2 which seems to be this is a commercial to get you to play the video game right. you know like you have to decide what kind of movie are you going to do are you going to do one that's going to stand on its own and build a fan base or one that's like no 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 it has to have everything that the game nerds do even though like realistically I mean people who play the game and are really into it are going to see it regardless try to open it up and make it a little bit broader like I really like the Hitman games right they're really good and really interesting Mm -hmm. the first Hitman movie is really bad not good no and then there's there's one coming out I think next yeah Yeah. Agent 47 Mm -hmm. and I've seen I've seen the the longer trailer and looks like okay well it looks like the actual parts with the hitman look like stuff from the game but then there's like the story with like zachary quino's character and all which is all made up and i'm like oh god this doesn't look like it's going to be very good kind of makes me sad you know well, and they could make such... I mean, look at Max Payne. Look what they did to Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, but Max Payne was also something like you're talking about the everyman kind of thing. Right. Where it's like, Max Payne should be something, though, that no one's ever heard of the game or cares about at all. Right. They should be able to look at it and go, oh, it's like a, it's a, like a streetwise, tough you know, kind totally. of badass kind of movie. Mm. And it's like, oh, this looks like fun. I don't, you know, you don't need, it's like a punishment well, kind of Payne thing. Well, Max Payne looked pretty much like a ripoff of Sin City when it, it came out. It did, right. yeah. But there was a lot of them. I mean, I'm actually, I grabbed Adam's list here because there's a few I forgot. I also forgot how awful, how awesome it could have been if they would have made a good House of the Dead movie. Oh, um, <laughs> when you actually put, UA Bowl camp. Yeah, yeah, when you actually put video game footage into yeah. the movie, you know you have they a problem. They do that in yeah. Alone in the Dark, <laughs> too. Um, yeah, both, again, direct to the same one um you know but it's it's interesting like looking through this list and including some of the stuff that's coming out but for me it's like i think you hit the nail on the head joshua i mean i think it really is the comic book movie is the best analogy is that it just takes a long time i think it's because yeah you're caught between the rock and a hard place this mm-hmm. is that fans fanboys fangirls whatever way you want to look at but they are just they're assholes i mean generally like you yeah. have some really nice folks but you really it's, it's just a, a rough and community the, and the other yeah. one the other niche in there is nostalgia and nostalgia it kills everything good most of the time instead of actually preserving it like it's supposed to right but i think that and then you have people you gotta you have to appeal to the common you know you know a lot of people are just not immersed in those of stuff but they still want to enjoy a good movie yeah. and if you make it good it will be successful i mean i really don't think that's impossible i see 
The Last of Us you mentioned is made by Naughty Dog. The other one that I see being is another one of their properties. I see Uncharted yeah. as being the next um, Indiana Jones. And uh, Uncharted is um, a series that is what got me back into gaming. I hadn't gamed actively in over 15 years. And I bought a PS3 mainly for a Blu-ray player. And I started playing Uncharted, the original Drake's Fortune. But the second one, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, maybe one of the 10, for me, like 10 best games ever made. Yeah. I've never been, it's one of the ones I've been most immersed in, but it's just such a perfect character. And then that's also, but then that is the um, uh, kind of, can be a problem because the, the games are so good. What do you need a movie for? Right. right. Yeah, so, that's exactly the point I wanted yeah. to make. I mean, like, if you look at any of the Arkham games, though, you can, yeah. people on YouTube cut all the cutscenes. You can watch them as like a three hour yeah. long movie. I mean, and there's direct, like, Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo del Toro, I'm sorry, was going to do a Silent Hill reboot with Norman Reedus screen captured in there. And, you know, when directors are looking to get into games because it has more potential for storytelling, that tells you something about how games are going to go. Yeah. I mean, I remember years ago there was this whole thing where, like, Roger Ebert had said there was no way video games could be art the same mm-hmm. way film or film sure. is. But now if you look at it, I mean, I think you could make an argument that they might even have a bigger potential in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that if uh, Roger Ebert had ever played a game like Journey, he mm-hmm. probably would change his mind. Um, you know, but it uh you know because i can kind of see where he's coming from but there there's this whole new movement of like art games kind yeah. of or or you know what games that are called uh, like empathy games um that are just really really fascinating yeah. um out there but but yeah i mean it, it's there are a lot of really really bad bad uh, movies based on games and i think it's a large largely because of licensing right because yeah. it's like they don't care they're, it's, it, they're licensing out to anybody at all and if they can start to hold that back um what i think is really interesting uh, just talk about the last of us is that the guy that's supposed to be directing it is the guy that directed the game neil Druckmann. and how fascinating is that to have somebody go from video game directing to go to film directing yeah and if he can pull that off i mean if he can come out of the gates like a you know an alex Garland came out of the gates with Ex Machina, right? And just be like, hey, it's my first mm-hmm. time directing, and I'm awesome, by the <laughs> way. You know, that could really change the landscape. I mean, Last of Us is a film that, if done well, could easily win an Academy Award. Um, and and it's like that kind of attention and that kind of legitimacy for video games would be awesome. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up, just because it's an interesting thing, it's a little aside, but are, are movies that aren't based at all on games but are basically video game movies. Um, the big one recently is um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good one to touch yeah. on because basically it does touch on a lot of tropes right. in video gaming, like spawning, which yeah, basically exactly. dies and he keeps coming back to the same reset point. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah very good point. An excellent film, too. Yeah. It's absolutely one of my favorites from last year. Yeah, and I mean, if you had something like that that was based on a game, you know, I think it would be incredible. Everybody would love it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's like you said earlier, Kirby, it's it's about having a good film. I mean, that's the beginning and the end of it. And if you have a really good film, it doesn't matter what it's based on. Uh, it'll, you know, not only probably do somewhat well, but even if it bombs in the theaters, it'll become a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. And- I, t- I told... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, and that, that completely encapsulates everything that we've been saying since we started recording is that 
it's still a young industry when you look at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, but sure, Pong has been around, but there wasn't a story to Pong. Right. Uh, even Super Mario Brothers didn't really have a story. Yeah, the, the really. game, you know, the games, sure. you know, for Nintendo and everything didn't necessarily have a story other than maybe, you know, Zelda kind of got into, you know, a little bit more with mm-hmm. with that. But uh, like you said, it's not a proven proven market. There hasn't yeah. really been like a huge, huge standout. Yeah. And if there was, it was almost kind of a fluke or it was because of the size of the breasts. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think a lot of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of it, too, is you have to look at the studio who owns the IP and what their ultimate end game is with the property. Like part of the thing, I think especially with uh, Silent Hills, which was the Del Toro game that got canceled, is that uh, as uh, mobile gaming is becoming more popular, that's something that Konami, the company, is really trying to get into and out of console gaming. In fact, in Japan... Yes, they make pachinko (laughs) machines. That's their end game. You know, and like Nintendo started off as like a a playing card company. Yeah, yeah. You know? Fudo cards, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so pretty much it's like versus where you look at when... uh, like Warner Brothers games is licensed out there, like pro- their properties to be made by studios, like they did with Rocksteady making the Arkham games. Right there, you know that could have been. Hey, it's a Batman game. It could have been really shitty. Well, and there were a lot of those. Yeah, you know? there were a lot of shitty, <laughs> yeah. you know, comic games, and that along comes the Arkham games. And you could, I could make, I would make the argument that like the Arkham games and the fact that they've used like a more comic book looking batman outfit and made it look realistic with like the unreal engine is part of the reason that in batman versus superman you're seeing batman in his actual comic colors for the first time ever gray and black and not just black one day i cross my fingers we'll actually get a dark blue uh a cape and cowl for batman one day we'll see well it's one other thing too it actually just popped in my head i you know, I try not to come too prepared so that we have more of a, you know, natural and organic conversation. But some of what you've mentioned actually really makes me think about because we talk about these things with a variety of, um, you know, discussions we have. But one big part for me is that I, I hate to use the term thing outside the box. But when you really think about like a lot of successful stuff, it's like you're talking about comic books. People don't think of, you know, a movie, you know, like a road to perdition as a as a right. graphic novel. Right. But it is, you know, and there's or to me we've talked about like unbreakable to me is one of the best comic book movies ever made sure but it's not comedy people have a very narrow like you were talking about journey and a lot of other games you know exist um you know i grew up on sierra adventure games i love king's quest police quest space quest um uh so you want to be a hero is one of my favorite franchise the quest for glory series bc the, uh, yeah there's a lot of, there's amazing ones out there loom was a beautiful oh, yeah. all the LucasArts stuff. Um, oh, so you know Maniac we're getting into Mansion. yeah ben, Maniac Mansion on on Invite Shadowgate. Yeah. You know you talk about so many games for so long. I mean and and people have generational stuff, but in the end, you know you're really thinking in very you know sometimes people get very tunnel vision. I mean, but then you can talk about like some of the biggest franchises. Like I always think of Rockstar Games, and mm-hmm. it's like why can't you make a Grand Theft Auto movie? Right. It's not what you traditionally think of as a video game movie. I mean, it's a very hard R, to say the least. Or a game like um, Red Dead Redemption and remake the the, the Western. Or, last but not least, if you're really going with a horror movie, how about Manhunt? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of those things, too, I think... I would I would argue that like those games are so cinematic and adapt cinematic like uh, conventions, especially the Grand Theft Auto games right, and their true. expansions. You don't really 
No, you don't. They're bigger than a movie. Well, and I do know? want to bring up on that uh, just really quickly because with, uh, you know, it's funny you brought Grand Theft Auto. I think that there's something that's very much like Grand Theft Auto, uh, Theft Auto that exists in a film, um, and it's the 80s movie The Hidden. Um, oh yeah pretty okay. much so right, you know right if one. you you have in this movie you have this alien who hops into somebody else's body and what's he do he immediately starts blasting heavy metal music driving, driving cars around mm-hmm. you know stealing things shooting people and that's exactly what people do in a gta film and that's where you know because i've always wanted there to be a great gta movie but the problem is i know that if they made a gta movie they'd make it some be some mob story basically yeah. like a scarface kind of that's story. exactly what i was gonna say um, well, yeah, like, yeah. but, but i really i think that what they would have to you know to really make it amazing is if in a gta movie you did not have a scene where somebody's on a bridge and there's a helicopter coming and they pull out a rocket launcher and shoot down the helicopter you know then it they messed up somewhere you know because that's gta it's mm-hmm. it's these crazy crazy See, i always thought it'd have to things. be a pulp fiction movie right like yeah. you'd have to have so many stories going on at once yeah, yeah, to make totally. it work yeah absolutely. so i was thinking uh what's everyone's favorite to wrap things up kind of here or maybe a hidden gem we always yeah. talk about like hidden gems yeah. and cult yeah. classics um so there's uh i will definitely give you just a couple of my favorites definitely things that have to do with video games uh i mean tron is probably my number one war games is right up there mm-hmm. um and uh just a hidden gem for me would be uh the bishop of battle um, oh, from, from Nightmares. Nightmares. Sure that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. That's a uh, finally game released by uh, Shout Factory. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, they, my God. No, now I remember. I remember Emilio like, like on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah it's coming my, out uh, finally. Great point. My dad woke me up in the middle of the night because he was watching Cinemax or whatever it was, and Nightmares was on. But he, he, I don't I don't remember how old I was, maybe 10 or something, 9 or 10. And he's like, oh, you got to see this. Come here. And so I was like half awake. And he, he's because he saw that it was about a video game and he got yeah. all excited and it scared the living <laughs> shit out of me. I was right. telling my dad, why did you wake me up to show this? And then I'm going back to bed. You're right. kidding me. Right. There's no way. He wouldn't let me, let me watch the rest of it because it was either too risque. I don't know. I don't even think I've seen the whole thing. I know I've seen just yeah. that. Yeah. I just remember Emilio Estes going into an arcade. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a gr- it's a good. I love oh, more it's anthology. A one, it's a good one. So good yeah. pick. How about yeah. you, Adam? Uh, Tron. I mean, that's always been my number one. Uh, and Cloak and Dagger. Those are like two of my favorites as far as like plot centered around video games. As far as video game movies go, um, I'd love Silent Hill. I can watch that at any at any time, any place. Yeah. Yeah. Kirby? I think I've mentioned in this conversation, I could go on forever on all the bad ones. So that's, it's, and not even just all the UE Bowl movies, but, um, you know, I would say um, it's easier for me to go on the ones that are based on video games than the video game movies and, or, or um, that have video game inspirations or something instead of being a direct adaptation. I, I talked about the ones I love, but for my um, couple that, um, I don't think get nearly enough love. I'll definitely say number one for me. I've always been an ardent defender of Brain Scan. Yeah, I think it's like one of the best. Eddie Furlong is just. I don't know because I rented it till like I practically own the tape, (laughs) but I I just love that movie. Um, There's something about it. I think it was just that era of getting into PC gaming at the time and just being interested in that interactivity. I mean, this is virtual reality. I I think for some reason. I mean, I you know I, I watched. 
lawnmower man to a lot a lot of those I, kind of films yeah. i just thought it was really interesting dude i had to just because i've heard you bring up brain sand a yeah. few times on some episodes and like every time like i went to go see that movie at one of those premieres like the wednesday before it came out you know that like mm-hmm. i don't know i got them from like a movie or, or from like a radio station or something totally and i remember we went there and they gave us the, these brain scan pins yeah they, they were, were all i've got them yeah. yeah and like and i remember like just i had that thing for the longest time and it's just one of those little movies that nobody ever talks about but it's just like to me it's one of the greats so, no yeah, doubt like, and then um i always like to talk about i always feel it's truly like the one of his lost films but it's definitely existence Oh, nobody oh, talks yes. about this movie at all that's my favorite like, I David Cronenberg I mean it's Absolutely. definitely to me like a re um, that's I the love- only movie that like could probably adequately work as an MMO type MMORPG yeah. movie yeah it's a great one right. um, I always felt like because I'd watch Crash too you know and I was just yeah. super into that but then I just felt like god this is the video drone I've been waiting for basically <laughs> yeah. kind of movie just the so weirdness good. of it and then I'll just top it off my probably one of my favorite comedies. I don't know why Strange Kids. We love stoner movies, but throwing video games, fucking Grandma's Boy, just perfect. <laughs> absolutely, I still watch it all the time. It is absolutely a perfect movie. So, right, Victor. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. Like, I'm pretty sure we've gone over all the ones I would probably mention there. Like, Existence for sure. And like, uh, yeah. Well, you said you know, Last Starfighter is your number one. Yeah. So, not DOA. God, I'm shocked. I actually watched DOA the other day. <laughs> or Dragon Ball. Um, and that's terrible. I don't know. Double Street Fighter, Dragon. The Legend of Chun-Li. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Wing Commander. That's They just added that to crack, Crackle and Netflix the other day. And I was like, oh, my God. I yeah, forgot. I God, I miss Freddy Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard <laughs> in one movie. Yeah. God. Anyway. So... This was our video game edition of Cult Following. As always, tell your friends and follow us on iTunes. iTunes, look for Cult Following. Helps us out, gets the word out, and you get our episodes as soon as they're uploaded. Remember, follow Cult Following on iTunes. If you live in Tempe, Arizona, come out to Cult Classics. Find us on the web, Twitter, Instagram, everything at Cult Classics AZ. And join us this Saturday for The Last Starfighter. Find one of us and let us know what your favorite video game movie is. And as always, I am one of your hosts, Victor Marino. Kirby Nelson. Adam Murkowski. And our special guest, Joshua Ruth. That's right. And we'll see you in the funny pages. So see you guys. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.